He's gonna go! He's at the 50! He's at the 40! He's at the 30! School's out! This is Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Academy. This is Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Catches! Foot in! Touchdown! This is Jeff Tedford. This is Mike Bobo. Fakes it, now has a blocker, runs out toward the right side, tries to dive for the pylon! This is Bob Davey. This is Matt Wells. This is Craig Bull, head coach of the University of Wyoming. Looks, throws, end zone, touchdown! This is Nick Rulovich. This is Jay Norvell, head coach at the University of Nevada. This is Rocky Long. He's got a receiver across the middle, fighting for the end zone. Oh, man. This is Brent Brennan. This is Tony Sanchez. He's to the goal line, and he's in for six. This is Craig Thompson, commissioner of the Mountain West. And you're listening to... You are listening to... And you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. Here we go. Welcome into the Week 10 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. Well, chaos reigned in Week 9 around the Mountain West Conference as two previous conference unbeatens would suffer their first losses in Mountain West play. First, Air Force goes into Fort Collins and hammers out 413 yards on the ground while intercepting Nick Stevens three times to hand Colorado State their first loss in conference. And then over in the West Division, UNLV beats Fresno State at Bulldog Stadium, giving the Bulldogs their first loss in the league. Fresno State still has the inside track to win the West thanks to their head-to-head win over San Diego State back on October 21st. While Boise State now assumes the top spot in the Mountain Division at 4-0 in conference, CSU and Wyoming both right there behind the Broncos with only one conference loss each. So in addition to being the only Mountain West team that's still undefeated in conference, Boise State also joins Colorado State and San Diego State as bowl-eligible teams in the Mountain West, getting win number six by blowing out Utah State 41-14 in Logan. And the Broncos, along with San Diego State, are also receiving votes in both the AP and coaches' polls. Coming up on this week's show, we'll look back at all the crazy Week 9 action. Plus, this week we bring you an in-depth conversation with UNLV head coach Tony Sanchez about that big win at Fresno State and about building up that Rebel football program. It's the Week 10 edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and you have it here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Craig Bull, head coach of the University of Wyoming. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. In the Mountain West, sportsmanship meets winning with honor, but don't take our word for it. Sportsmanship is more than what goes on on the field. Good sportsmanship means being loud, but being courteous. Sportsmanship is enjoying the game and being respectful of other teams' fans. And that goes for all officials, coaches, players, and mascots. Sportsmanship is making your parents and your coaches proud. It takes all of us working together to make a good game great. Sportsmanship, that's what it's all about. The Mountain West, champions in life. It's a season-long quest for a reward that's as big as a mountain. Bangs his way into the end zone. Touchdown. 12 teams chasing one goal. The 2017 Mountain West Football Championship. It'll be decided December 2nd, and the game could be coming to your city. Throws it over the middle, and the pass intercepted. Bragging rights and conference supremacy are on the line, and you won't want to miss it. Follow your team's pursuit of the championship all season long by visiting themw.com. The next big play is just a click away on the Mountain West Network. Join me, Jesse Kurtz, for the latest insight, analysis, and live game action you won't find anywhere else. 
Catch over 1,500 events for free in HD on the only network that lets you watch any team, anytime, on any device. Go to the MW.com today and get your game on with the Mountain West Network. There's a force in the West, an attitude unlike any other, a belief that says, let's do this, a shared commitment to academics, leadership, and community service. A bond uniting 12 teams in history, rivalry, and competition. There is a force in the West. We call it the Mountain West. The Mountain West, champions in life. To find out more, visit us at themw.com. This is Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Recapping Week 9 around the Mountain West, we start with Boise State as Brett Rippon plays his best game of this season, throwing for 260 yards and three touchdowns Saturday at Utah State. Utah State rushes for a good protection. Rippon to the goal line. Rippon, touchdown to Cedric Wilson. 19 yards on the scoring strike. Bob Beeler with the call for Learfield, 41-14, the final. Broncos have won four in a row. Speaking of hot teams in the Mountain Division, Air Force has won three straight after a one and four start, rushing for 455 yards a game in the win streak. Falcons held the ball for 41 and a half of the game's 60 minutes Saturday at Colorado State, and Arion Worthman made his two completions count. Worthman to throw again on second down. Throws over the middle, caught by Riffin. He's got it at the CSU 30, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Touchdown! Ryan Riffin, 56-yard touchdown catch from Arion Worthman. Jim Arthur with the call on the Air Force IMG Sports Network. Falcons win it 45-28. Wyoming's Josh Allen, your Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week, throwing for four touchdowns and running for a fifth, all before halftime of the Cowboys' 42-3 home win over New Mexico. Allen into the pocket, wants to throw. Now looks downfield and fires, man, wide open. This is caught. Touchdown, C.J. Johnson. Dave Walsh from Learfield, Wyoming's defense intercepted New Mexico five times and forced seven total turnovers. In the West Division, UNLV deals Fresno State their first conference loss of the year. Hand off Thomas. Thomas looks for room on the right side. He's still looking for room on the right side. Goes wide right, and he goes in for a touchdown. Lexington Thomas eluded two tacklers and went wide right, turned on the Jets, and got in. Russ Langer with the call on ESPN 1100 in Las Vegas. Lexington Thomas rushes for 88 yards and that touchdown in the Rebel win, 26-16 at Fresno State. And finally, San Diego State back in the win column. Aztecs defense limiting Hawaii to just 195 yards and only three possessions of more than four plays in a 28-7 road win. Rashad Penny rushes for a career-high 253 yards and two touchdowns. He's now second nationally in rushing with 1,368 yards on the year. Penny the deep man. Pitch back to Penny. Pull the guard. Get outside. 40. Race. Foot race. Can't catch him. Can't catch him. He's long gone. Rashad Penny, touchdown, Aztecs. Ted Leitner on Extra Sports 1360 in San Diego. We'll check in with UNLV head coach Tony Sanchez next after these words from your local station. This is Rocky Long, head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout.
This is Tony Sanchez, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. The UNLV Rebels coming off their most impressive win of the season, having gone on the road to knock off Fresno State 26-16 last week. UNLV now back home to host Hawaii this Saturday afternoon. At 3-5, and five, the Rebels with a great shot at bowl eligibility if they have a strong November. And joining us right now, the third-year head coach at UNLV, Tony Sanchez. Coach, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's good to be on. We talked back at Media Day in July about the importance of finishing games on the road at Fresno State against the first-place team in the division. Game tied at halftime. What were the keys to finishing and getting that win? Well, it's huge. I mean, we've actually played some pretty good football on the road. You know, we had a win at Idaho um, Air Force. You know, we, we, we dropped a tough game to them. Um, and then coming out in this Fresno game, um, it was really important for us to go out and show that we can finish this thing off and play in the second half just for our guys' confidence. I mean, they believe they could win the game. They have each and every week. And I think you've, you've seen that by the way they've come out with their energy and the way we've played football in the first half. But we struggled in the second half of football game. So it was really important for us to – when we got the ball to go down to score, to put seven points on the board, to continue to add that confidence, and we just fed off that. So that was one of the biggest things is just, you know, the the, the mindset and, um, you know, the talk around the building all week was finish, finish, finish. And it wasn't just finish the second half. It was that last ten minutes, win the last ten, win the last ten. And we kept talking about that all week, and they came to fruition. Without Armani Rogers, you turned to Johnny Stanton, who had been playing linebacker. What was the process of getting Stanton ready to play, and how do you think he performed? So I think he did a great job, and it's it's been kind of a weird year. We're really depleted at that uh, that will linebacker spot. So we started. You know, Johnny's been doing quarterback. You know, he'd done it all spring, all, all camp. Uh, he he was ready to go, and then with all the injuries, he's one of those guys. He's big, physical, athletic, and blocked the punt a couple weeks ago against San Jose, and. So he actually went in and played half a game. I think got half a dozen tackles, too, uh, the week before. But once we knew that Armani was going to be out, we just felt like Johnny was going to give us more of that dual threat ability to blow the football down the field. It had been real successful um, at different times here and at previous places he'd been. And we just felt like he gave us the best chance to win. And, man, he played with a lot of confidence. He did a great job of communicating with, uh, with his teammates um, and really put us on his back. And, and early in the game was just phenomenal on third and fourth downs. Defensively, holding Fresno State under 300 yards, getting the timely stops in the fourth quarter. What did you like from your defense's play in a pretty hostile environment? Yeah, you know, you think about it, you know, they, they get the ball and uh, they go down and they score right away. And, and from that point on, we, we, we were lights out on defense. And um, part of it was limiting their possessions. We did a really good job on offense of exchange drives. I think we won by like 11 or 12 minutes as far as time of possession. So that was big, limiting their opportunities. And then our defense played great on third downs. I mean, that's something that, we, again, we struggled with at times, and we didn't give up big plays, kept the ball in front of us, and um, that, that was a real key to victory. Lexington Thomas, now in his junior season, he's averaging seven yards a carry. He has 13 touchdowns. He will very likely go over 1,000 for the season this Saturday against Hawaii. What has it meant to this offense to have that bell cow back that Thomas has evolved into? Well, it's huge. And the big thing about Lexington, he's a, he's a big strike guy, and you know, you call him simple inside zones and things, and, you know, time and time again, he turns a simple, you know, three or four-yard run into a 55-yard touchdown, and, and he's done that throughout the entire course of the year. So people have to really be careful with him because if he gets in the space, there's nobody going to catch him. So he's been great, been a tremendous deal. And you know how it is when you're coaching these kids, you know, they come in, 
you know, young and kind of wet behind the ears and just trying to learn their way. Now he's become a confident guy. He's become a team leader. He, he has the energy and a spark that, that, that you need. Um, and, and I tell you what, he's just become a tremendous football player, and the whole team really looks up to him. Another star on your offense I want to talk about, Devontae Boyd. He's had three 100-yard games this season, averaging 19 yards per catch. For Mountain West fans, you kind of feel like Devontae Boyd has been in college forever. At least four, hopefully five games left in his college football career. What has Devontae Boyd meant to you and to UNLV football? Well, he's been huge. You know, he had a great freshman year here. and I tell you what, I still have it on my phone, the text message that he sent me when I got the job about how how excited he was, and you know, and he's been willing to do whatever it is for the team to help this program move forward. And he's been that guy each and every day. He comes to work and uh, loves the game. He's passionate, and it was really good to see him have a good game Saturday. And, and I tell you what, it's gonna be hard to lose him. He, he's been a guy that, like you said, has been around college football for a long time. He'll leave as one of the great all-time receivers in the history of UNLV football, and uh, we're excited to see how he ends this whole thing. All right, let's talk quarterback. Armani Rogers here in his redshirt freshman season had to miss last week due to concussion issues. Yeah, it's the ups and downs of a young quarterback, but his physical gifts are evident. What's the good and what's been the bad of Armani's rookie season here, so to speak? Well, the good is, like you said, the athleticism. I mean, my goodness, when that guy gets into space, he can go. Um, he's a big physical guy. It's tough for people to take him down. And he, he's just he's, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, obviously, the biggest part of a young quarterback coming into college is learning all the different defensive schemes and, you know, knowing the difference between two high pressures and one high pressures and just, just becoming more educated, you know, developing that football IQ, so to speak. And each and every week he's gotten better and better at it. And, you know, now we're in an interesting situation because you have a senior who's playing really well. He's coming in back off an injury. Um, we'll see where he's at this week. But the program's in a great situation right now. We have a senior who's playing good football. You have a freshman who's going to be just, I think, one of the most tremendous talents in the country at that quarterback spot in years to come. So I'm really proud of Armani and the way he's handled himself and, uh, and fought for us this year. Troy Calhoun dropped another Cam Newton comparison a few weeks ago with Armani Rogers. Do you like that? Oh, uh, you know, it's kind of funny now because so many, and sometimes someone brought it up. We all kind of giggled about it, thought it was silly, but you know, I know what he's talking about. I mean, and you hear it when you talk to coaches after games, and you know, and when you go back and have conversations with them. He's 6'5", he's 225, 230 pounds, and he's a freshman. I mean, he's going to continue to lift weights, get bigger, get stronger. He's going to continue to understand the game as it evolves. You've already seen what he can do running the football. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not really comparing him to Cam Newton, but I'll tell you what, when you look at him and his physical attributes, he has an opportunity to be pretty special. More with UNLV head coach Tony Sanchez looking at the growth of this Rebel football program next here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Jeff Tedford, head football coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. We'll be back with more of this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. The next big play is just a click away on the Mountain West Network. Join me, Jesse Kurtz, for the latest insight, analysis, and live game action you won't find anywhere else. Catch over 1,500 events for free in HD on the only network that lets you watch any team, anytime, on any device. Go to the MW.com today and get your game on with the Mountain West Network. There's a force in the West, an attitude unlike any other, a belief that says, let's do this, a shared commitment to academics, leadership, and community service. A bond uniting 12 teams in history, rivalry, and competition. There is a force in the West. We call it 
The Mountain West. The Mountain West, champions in life. To find out more, visit us at themw.com. It's a season-long quest for a reward that's as big as a mountain. Bangs his way into the end zone. Touchdown. Twelve teams chasing one goal. The 2017 Mountain West Football Championship. It'll be decided December 2nd, and the game could be coming to your city. Throws it over the middle, and the pass intercepted. Bragging rights and conference supremacy are on the line, and you won't want to miss it. Follow your team's pursuit of the championship all season long by visiting themw.com. In the Mountain West. Sportsmanship meets winning with honor, but don't take our word for it. Sportsmanship is more than what goes on on the field. Good sportsmanship means being loud, but being courteous. Sportsmanship is enjoying the game and being respectful of other teams' fans. And that goes for all officials, coaches, players, and mascots. Sportsmanship is making your parents and your coaches proud. It takes all of us working together to make a good game great. Sportsmanship, that's what it's all about. The Mountain West, champions in life. This is Nick Rolovich, head coach of the University of Hawaii football. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Continuing our conversation with Tony Sanchez, head coach at UNLV, the Rebels at home against Hawaii this Saturday afternoon. Coach, you're expecting to break ground before the end of the semester on the new Fertitta football complex at UNLV. The artist renderings I've seen are very impressive. How is that going to help you both on the field and in recruiting? Well, I tell you what, first of all, on the field, it's just, you know, having the needed, uh, I mean, we've got space now. It's just, it's not the size you want. You don't have some of the technology you want from, from meeting rooms to a dining hall that seats 150 people where we can feed our kids at the highest levels, you know, strength and conditioning facilities, your meeting offices, your players' lounge. And, and you forget, you know, these kids in all these schools, you know, you go away and, you know, that that facility really is your home. I and mean, that's where you spend the majority of your time. So you develop your relationships. Um, having the academic supports in the building are going to be huge, you know, big computer lab, individual tutoring rooms. So it's going to be pretty special. And, you know, recruiting-wise, <clears throat> I tell you what, I, I know firsthand from my time being a high school coach, you know, and having a lot of Division one kids, those kids go and they put a lot of stock in what goes on in a 48-hour visit. And you want to make sure you show them all the great things about the university and the city. But that facility is a big component. And, you know, and I know from talking with some of our kids that we have recruited and some of the ones we've gotten and some of the ones that we've lost, that, you know, facilities are a big, big deal. So, you know, if you can at least at the minimal match facilities to, to your peers, you're going to have a great opportunity. And, and I think we're going to do more than match. That facility is going to be first class. You have an NFL stadium coming. So there's great days ahead for the Rebels. Yeah, what about the new stadium? Anytime you talk about a billion-dollar enterprise like building a palatial new NFL stadium in Las Vegas, there's going to be ups and downs. A groundbreaking date is set. Uh, what is that going to mean to the program when you're sharing a stadium with the Raiders in a few years? Well, it's going to be huge. I mean, first of all, you take the stadium and you literally move it two and a half miles from campus. I mean, it's, it, it's a walkable deal for all of our students. You're going to be able to see it. You know, um, and what a unique venue. I mean, right there off Las Vegas Boulevard. I mean, it's going to be just unbelievable. And when you walk in, you know, it's a big recruiting deal. So, hey, you know, you're playing in an NFL stadium. That's your goal to play on Sundays. Well, let's work out on Saturdays, you know, and, and to have our own footprint there, to have our own locker room there. It's not like we're going to be visitors. It's going to be our home stadium. And they've done a really great job of making sure that, that we create that atmosphere there for the Rebels. And it's exciting. So with the building going up and, and once that gets completed, you're going to be able to stay on the second floor of it. You're going to be able to look over and see the construction happening on the new stadium. It's an exciting time to live in Vegas. 
Coach, you've been putting your stamp on this program. It's now year three with your staff. Is the talent level and depth getting to where you want it to be? It is. It is. You know, we're, we're very youthful right now in certain areas. I mean, you look at us offensively, and um, we return almost everybody. You lose Boyd. Um, you know, you're going to lose a, a center that, you know, great player, but he started the year at third string. We've had some injuries there. But John Shannon's doing a really good job. Um, and you lose Kyle Saxley. But, I mean, everybody else in the two deep on the offensive line comes back. You've got all your receivers except one coming back. We don't lose a running back. So the talent's definitely upgraded quite a bit. We're faster. We're more physical. We have added depth. We've been very youthful the last couple of years, and now you're starting to see this group of guys. Next year will be the first time we kind of have a, an older team that are the majority of the guys playing are going to be juniors and seniors. So that'll, that'll make a big difference in those type ball games. Your team is wearing a Vegas strong ribbon decal on the helmets for the rest of the season since the tragic mass shooting a month ago to honor the victims and the first responders. It was terrifying. It was heartbreaking for the entire nation. How did you help your team cope and get through it? You know, it's just open conversation. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, it's, that's one of those, you know, moments where you, you got to really give people space, make sure that everybody's, you know, emotionally taken care of, uh, make sure the parents of these kids know that everybody's safe, and everybody's okay. And, you know, it's a real scary time. And then at the same time, it's our job to make sure we go out and support our community and do whatever we can to make sure that we're there for people that need us. And, you know, so I thought our kids did a really good job. It was an emotional week. Um, it, you know, a lot of different things are happening. Even this Thursday, we're, we're having a remembrance ceremony on campus, uh, at 11.30 on Thursday, and I know a lot of our players and the staff and stuff are going to go on by there. So, you know, it's not like one of those events that happens and then it's gone. I mean, we we're still we're still holding on to it and still praying for everybody that was affected by it. And um, we'll never forget it. And, you know, and it's one of those deals that I think it made the community um, stronger. Um, and you really saw just, just an amazing town come together and do whatever they could to take care of people who were affected. All right, Coach, Hawaii this week at home. The Rainbow Warriors have an excellent back. You know they can move the ball. What are going to be the keys for you on both sides of the ball to come out with a win? Well, first of all, we've got to limit big plays. You know, they like to throw the ball down the field, a lot of vertical threats, and that running back's just tremendous. So if we can eliminate big plays in the passing game and keep that guy in front of us, you know, running the football, he's going to get some yards. There's no doubt about it. He's a really good player. But we can't have him breaking off long runs. That'll be really important. We've played better on special teams this last week. We've got to continue to do that, especially in our coverage teams. And then offensively, we have to continue to be able to convert third downs. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get into too many long third down situations. We were able to, you know, convert some of those, convert some fourth downs last week. But we need to be efficient and be able to move the chains when we have opportunities. UNLV coming off a big win on the road at Fresno State. It's Hawaii at Sam Boyd Stadium this Saturday afternoon in Las Vegas. Tony Sanchez, coach, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck this week and the rest of the season. I really appreciate you. Go Rebs. We'll preview the Week 10 schedule, including that Hawaii-UNLV game next after these words from your local station. This is Matt Wells, head football coach of the Utah State Aggies. We'll be right back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout.
This is Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Academy. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. All 12 Mountain West teams in action in Week 10, including a pair of games in non-conference play. We start at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time with a Service Academy showdown, an improved Army team at Air Force with the game televised on CBS Sports Network. Falcons have to win this game to have a chance to retain the Commander-in-Chief's trophy that they won outright last year, and they would then need Army to beat Navy in December. Then at 3.30 Mountain Time, it's Utah State at New Mexico on AT&T Sports Network. Both teams need this game badly to maintain a track toward bowl eligibility. Aggies have lost three of their last four. Lobos have dropped three in a row. Tony Sanchez and the UNLV Rebels host Hawaii at 3 o'clock Pacific on Spectrum Sports Pay-Per-View. They played a 41-38 barn burner that saw the score tied six different times last year in Honolulu, so should be a fun one. A pair of games kicking off at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, critical to the Mountain Division race. First, it's the 107th edition of the Border War with Colorado State at Wyoming on CBS Sports Network. Both the Rams and Cowboys coming in with only one loss in conference must win to keep pace with Boise State. Those red-hot Broncos host Nevada on the blue turf on ESPNU and the Watch ESPN app. The late games Saturday night, San Diego State heads north to face San Jose State at 7.30 Pacific on ESPNU and the Watch ESPN app. And then we close it out with non-conference action BYU at Fresno State at 7.45 Pacific on ESPN2 and the Watch ESPN app. The Mountain West has defeated BYU in two of three matchups this season. And that will do it for the Week 10 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. If you missed any of this show, you can listen on SoundCloud on the Mountain West Radio Network page on the MW.com. You can also download the show as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And, of course, follow the Mountain West on Twitter at Mountain West and like the Mountain West Conference on Facebook. I'm Nate Kreckman. The weather is changing. November is here, and it's crunch time in college football. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here. Right here. Right here. Right here on This Week in the Mountain West. <laughs>